National Geographic presents. What I'm asking you to do is dangerous. You need to take your time to think it through. No, I don't. What do I do? We can't save everyone. But if I don't try, I don't think I'll be able to live with myself. What are we supposed to do? Some stood by. Anything. You have to. She stood up. There has to be a line. Belle Pauli is me, geese. There has to be me for this to work. A Small Light limited series premieres tonight at 9. Stream on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Welcome to To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast featuring mountain home real estate broker Robert Martin, who has over 25 years of experience assisting clients reach their goals and move forward. Tune in each week for a dynamic conversation with experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents that explores the ins, outs, and specific nuances of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home in Evergreen, Conifer, Bailey, and surrounding areas to catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Corky Kahn. Corky has uh, done a lot of skiing in his lifetime, and you know, we're glad to have him with us to discuss uh, skiing today and just visit. So, Corky, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, <laughs> It's been a long skiing career. Uh, I started skiing when I was four years old. My dad had been a skier uh, when he went to university in Europe, and uh, he got me skiing four years old, and I've been skiing ever since. And if I tell you how long it's been, it's been 81 years that I've been on these boards. Awesome. So been a lot and seen a lot. Where at Corky in Europe did you uh, did you grow up or where did you ski there? No, I grew up in the U.S. My okay. dad uh, skied in Europe. And okay, came to the U.S. and and uh, brought the passion and the love for skiing with him. Gotcha, gotcha. So you've skied all in different parts of the world and and all over uh, the United States. I've skied all over North America into Canada. Uh, had one trip where I skied several different places in Europe. And let me tell you, I'll ski the U.S. anytime before, or North America, I should say, before I ski Europe again. Mm -hmm. Where did you ski in Europe? Uh, I skied Chamonix. I skied Brugge-Chavigna. I skied uh, a couple of other places that I can't think of right now. And nothing, taking nothing away from skiing in Europe, it's just I appreciate skiing in North America so much better. Yeah, that's great. And you currently uh, are at Loveland. And what is your title there? I'm one of the supervisors at Loveland Ski Area, uh, which means that I supervise the instructors. I assign the classes. I watch to make the classes that are working that the supervisor is doing what he needs to do. Uh, the instructors need, are doing what they need to do and so forth. Gotcha. So um, if I was just coming to the area, I didn't have a lot of experience to ski. Uh, what are some of the best areas to ski if you're new? And why would you recommend those? Uh, well, I've got to start with Loveland, of course. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. I think we have a very, very good, well-organized, well-educated, staff of instructors that uh, do a good job of teaching first time and 
let's call them beginning skiers mm-hmm. and uh, getting them to the point where they can enjoy skiing an easy ski run and uh, ski it safely and with a smile on their face. So uh, I think Loveland does a great job in that regard, uh, not taking anything away from other areas, but uh, we do a good job. A great place to start. And also the, the uh, proximity to the city is, is very close. So sure, easy to can, get to. You can be at Loveland if you're going from the heart of Denver to Loveland. You can be there in an hour and 20 minutes, maybe an hour and a half if there's traffic. Gotcha. Yeah, that's great. So what recommendations would you give someone if they are on that path, don't have a lot of experience, but they're going to come out to Colorado and ski, maybe to prep and kind of get ready for uh, for the experience? Well, that's one of the nice things about Loveland. We're right off of I-70. So if you're going to one of the... Loveland is not a destination resort. So we have to emphasize that. But if you're going to a destination resort, Keystone, Breckenridge, Vail, Copper Mountain, uh, Beaver Creek, any of those that are further west on on Route 70, I-70, you stop off at Loveland, get your feet wet, so to speak, take a beginner's lesson, or maybe even if you're a more advanced skier, take a more advanced lesson, spend the day and then move on to your destination. And it's very convenient because we're right off of the highway. In fact, you can ski over the highway. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Are there some things, Corky, that folks can do before they get here to prepare? I mean, certain, you know, obviously your body is, uh, takes a it's kind of different experience for them if they're not used to skiing and what it does to, to them on a you know, day on the slopes. Sure. The, the learning area at Loveland it's not between nine and 10,000 feet. And we go up to over 13,000 feet at Loveland. You get people coming from Florida, Miami, mm-hmm. wherever, uh, Louisiana, and so on in Kentucky. And they come up here. They've been living at sea level. And they don't know what the altitude, almost two miles more than their, or two miles higher than they're used to living at and how that altitude affects them. So we like to recommend that you spend a night in Denver and that you drink lots of water and get yourself physically prepared to come up so that you don't get altitude sickness, so you don't get headaches and nausea, which are the typical signs of altitude sickness. Are there any um, exercises that you could do? You know, you're coming from, let's say, Florida. Are there any things you could do at home that might prep you and, and uh, so you'd be in a better better place once you hit the slopes? Sure. Anything you can do to improve your physical well-being, your cardio well-being is critical because this is a sport that requires some physical exertion. And if you're not physically prepared, you're not going to enjoy your experience. So if I could ask anybody, do some exercises, strengthen exercises, cardio exercises, whatever it is, it's going to be great. Yoga, Pilates, uh, go to the gym, work out. That's going to be great to enable you to enjoy your experience. 
things for flexibility and building muscle tone and like you said, just cardio too, because of the the elevation, it is quite different and it takes time to assimilate to that. So, so shifting gears a bit, what, um, what is your favorite mountain aside from Loveland to ski (laughs) other areas in Colorado? (laughs) Unfair question. Uh, Yeah. Loveland's great. Uh, Crested Butte down in Southwest Colorado. Uh, I was there for 18 years and just loved the place. It's uh, at one point it was advertised as the great unknown. I think uh, now it's becoming better known, but uh, there's some great, great terrain that used to be accessible only by hiking, but now they have lifts there. And uh, that's a great place. Telluride in the early days was really a treat because not many people went there. But uh, since then, it's grown to a major resort, and it's still perhaps one of my favorites. How about um, outside of Colorado? What other ski areas did, did you? Oh, now you're talking like- about now you're talking about one of two places: either Utah or British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Utah, I've worked and skied at a number of different places, ranging from Alta to Snow Basin, to Powder Mountain, to uh, Park City. All of them great, great places. Great snow because Alta gets the snow before Colorado, or Utah generally gets the snow before Colorado. And it's generally drier. It's very powdery. And as a matter of fact, it's known as Utah Gold. Then you go up to British Columbia and you do some heli skiing. I was a heli guide in Utah for a while, but you go to, there's several different heli skiing operations in British Columbia and you will ski your heart's content. It's awesome, awesome skiing. Helicopter picks you up, drops you off at the top of the hill. You ski down, the helicopter picks you up and takes you back up again. And uh, mostly it's untracked uh, powder. Sometimes it can be a little heavy. The snow can be a little dense. That is what I mean. But great fun. That does sound like fun. What is, uh, is there one story or a memory that comes to mind when you're heli skiing? Maybe one specific thing that. Yeah, comes the, to- the first time I went heli skiing, I really didn't quite know what to expect. But we were up in uh, Kootenai in British Columbia, and a helicopter picked us up. We had breakfast in the lodge, and everything was great. And the helicopter picks you up and takes you up. And we skied down one run. It's not a run. It's it's an open area. And uh, picked us up. And by the third time, my gloves were soaking wet from perspiration because I had been working pretty hard. And so I got a ride down with the helicopter and got back to the lodge, got another pair of gloves, and got back up. But you could literally wring the water out of my gloves. I had oh, worked boy. so hard. And that was my introduction to heli skiing. And Loved that just comes since. from the excitement and just the, yeah. how hard oh, yeah. you have to work. And, yeah. Yep. Different animal. 
Um, so some of the areas in Colorado, if somebody wanted to do backcountry skiing, that sort of thing, what are some of those areas that come to mind that, uh, that you might recommend? Well, right now, I wouldn't recommend anybody to go backcountry skiing. Uh, snow conditions are not good. We've gotcha. had uh, <clears throat> warm weather. We've had uh, wet snow. We've had dry snow. We've got very, very unstable layers of snow in the back country. So right now, my recommendation is you stick to the ski areas inside the areas. But having said that, uh, in Silverthorne, there is an outfit that has started some back country, organized back country skiing. And they'll take you out with guides who know the terrain, who know what's safe, who have gone out and evaluated the snow conditions dug snow pits, uh, set off dangerous avalanche areas, uh, and so forth. So going with an organized backcountry touring operation is, is the way to go if you're going to go, especially right now with the snow conditions being made what they are. I mean, we, just had a, we just had an avalanche slide up on Loveland Pass uh, this week. Fortunately, nobody got hurt, but the snow slid. Gotcha. Yeah, you have to be so aware, don't you, as far as, uh, you know, if you're going to do that uh, that type of skiing and uh, just the level of um, danger, I guess, each time you, you go out. So yeah, having a group to, and having professionals. Yeah. You have Most to have people the proper do equipment. You have to have uh, at least a, one buddy and know what you're doing. Most people uh, do that. They do have an avalanche beacon with them. or That's certainly well, not sure. It's more than just the beacon. The beacon is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great. Uh, you need a shovel. You need a probe. You know, you need to know where you're going and how you're going and assess the danger. I've taught uh, snow safety avalanche diagnosis uh, for years. I, I did that in Utah. And... You know, I think most people that do backcountry skiing, they know enough to be properly equipped with, as you say, a transceiver plus the shovel, probe, etc. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get caught in a slide. Right, right. That's gone out of your hands. But like you said, you put your best foot forward with your being aware and, and being educated and, and being mindful of what you're doing. And then leave the rest up to Mother Nature and try to have a great day. And keep your fingers crossed. (laughs) For sure. So if um, on the slopes, if, um, again, coming to ski in Colorado and working with your instructors, what are three to five things that you see are common mistakes that skiers make that that you think people could always be cognizant and work on? Well, (laughs) one of the most uh, amazing things to me is, the skiers that come out and uh, they're wearing jeans or sweatpants and they think, oh, that's great. You know, that, that's cool. I'll be fine. Well, you sit down on the snow one time, whether you've fallen or you just sit down because you're tired. And those jeans or sweatpants are going to get sopping wet and you're going to be uncomfortable for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly a big mistake. Another mistake is, hey, 
uh, I'm a pretty athletic guy. I'm strong. I'm flexible. I lift weights. I do all these kind of things. And I can come out here and I can muscle this sport. Skiing is not necessarily a muscle sport. It is a finesse sport. It's a skill sport. It's a style sport. It's a using your body in the right way to achieve what you need to do when you're on skis or snowboards, by the way, although I'm not a boarder, but the similarity between boarding and skiing is, is very, very close. So, yeah, I mean, people underestimate what they can or cannot do and they try to muscle their way through where they're not wearing the proper clothing. We see people come out to go skiing and they don't have goggles or sunglasses and they're going to kill their eyes. So we try to tell them, hey, go into the rental shop. They'll give you a pair of goggles. Put some sunscreen on. Don't be a hero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are some of the things. Yeah, those are great. And they're just, they seem to be uh, pretty common sense things that you'd want to be cognizant of. And I'm sure that you want them to be as comfortable as possible, be able to see on the slope with all the blindness, with the brightness. Uh, what about technique, or what are some things you see? maybe three things that um, most people is real common that, that you see that people work, need to work on or sh- should work on to make their experience more enjoyable. Well, let me turn that around. Okay. Give me a hockey player, an ice hockey player. Give me a roller skater, inline skating. Uh, give me somebody who's been on a skateboard and I can make them a good skier in relatively short time because they understand a lot of the technique and a lot of the things that you need to do on skis, a lot, uh, you know, hockey skates, each blade has two sides to it. Skis, each ski has two sides to it. And how you use those sides or edges, as we call them, uh, is what makes you a, a skier. So, you know, I like to think positively. And when I get somebody like that, I can make them a good skier. So a lot of it has to do with balance in that respect. Well, it's balance. It's knowing your body. It's understanding what it takes to control a ski or control a skateboard, for example. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And you're not certainly not on a straight surface as you may be ice skating. So, Uh, yeah, but you're on a slippery surface. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, (laughs) So, yeah. And uh, you're right. It's not a straight surface. It's usually downhill and it's got undulations in it, bumps, uh, maybe a rut or two or something like that, that you've got to know how to handle. Sure. Sure. Is it better to ski during the week or the weekend or traffic? Well, it depends upon what you're looking for. Uh, At least here in Colorado, I-70 on the weekends is a headache, Mm. and that's putting it mildly. I'm sure you've had your experiences on I-70 on the weekends. It's, you know, bumper to bumper. If you leave at 5 o'clock in the morning, you'll get there maybe by 7, 7.30 to wherever your destination is. If you leave at 6 o'clock, forget it. You're you're going to be stuck till 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe 10.30. Yeah. Colorado skiing is great. We have great, great ski areas. And I 
don't want to knock anyone in particular. I want to say they're all really good. There's great terrain in each of them. There's some terrain that isn't so good. Some of them have better grooming than others, but they're all wonderful ski areas. And generally speaking, the snow in Colorado is great. So what happens is people get off work on the weekends. On Friday, they start heading up to the mountains. Friday night gets crowded. Saturday, pretty good. Sunday, you're in a log jam going home. But so, yeah, if you can get away during the week, during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, by all means, much, much, much better. Yeah, that's a great point. If you have the flexibility, and, you know, some people don't, granted, but some people do, and that's a good way to look at it and come at it from that perspective. So let's say, Corky, I wanted to research ski areas in Colorado. There are some sources you can go to online that maybe have real specific stuff on, you know, maybe the the challenging element of it, like the grooming aspect of it, um, you know, are there, are there sources of information that uh, people can, can access online that, that you might recommend? Or? Well, um, I'm not sure I'm getting this name right, but Ski Country uh, USA okay. is devoted yeah, to Colorado uh, ski areas. And I'm sure they'll give you an overview of most of the ski areas in Colorado. If you know of a particular area that you want to research, uh, say I wanted to research, uh, I don't know, Keystone. I could go online and get Keystone uh, ski area, and it'll tell me a whole bunch of stuff about the hotels that are available, condominiums that might be available, uh, give me a map of the ski area, tell me about the ski school, etc. So uh, there are set many resources, really. Yeah, that sounds good. I've certainly heard of that source. So you do live in the foothills, and uh, what would you say is one of the things you like most about living in the foothills area of uh, the Denver <laughs> metropolitan area? Bad question. I'm <laughs> living here because my wife insisted. As I said, we lived in Frisco, and uh, that's Frisco, Colorado, not, not California. Yeah. And uh, I was happy there. I never. We had a great house. Never thought about leaving. She got tired of living up there and uh, said, we're going down into uh, closer to Denver. And uh, I lost that argument. So <laughs> I hear you there. And I, I, uh, I moved back up into Summit County in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But you do like, um, I would assume you like the proximity to things and not as close as you were, obviously, in Frisco. But uh, whether you're skiing or you're hiking or just being the exposure to nature, you're closer here than many other areas. I grew up in Kansas, and, and uh, it's one of the reasons I like being here is we live up in Conifer, and it's just, you know, walk out my door and I can, I can go on a nice, nice hike or, um, you know, there's so many things that are close by. Yeah. So, I mean, so, that's the beauty of Summit County, an unlimited number of things you can do. Yeah, for sure. What would you say your favorite thing is about living in this area? Uh, I'll repeat what I just said. The nature of the unlimited activities that you have. You mentioned a few. I mean, there's skiing, 
there or snowboarding, there's bike riding, there's hiking, there's uh, fishing hill, you know, fishing links. Uh, it's just an innumerable, I mean, just so many things. Uh, tennis, pickleball, what a growing sport pickleball is. Yeah, uh, for sure. If you want to be outdoors, there's no excuse for not being outdoors. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I'm indoors the last couple of days watching the NCAA tournament, but uh, aside <laughs> from that, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, it's been a real pleasure visiting Corky. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for sharing uh, some of your memories of skiing and certainly your knowledge base. And is there anything um, that you'd like to add? No, I think, uh, I think we've done a good job, but I'll just tell the world out there that if you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, sure. It's been my passion. It's been my life, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Corky. I appreciate your time. Okay. You have a great day. Yeah, Thanks you Thanks for calling. Oh, Talk you bet. Bye-bye. Right, bye. To the Foothills, a Colorado lifestyle and real estate podcast. On the podcast, I interview real estate experts, Colorado adventurers, and residents who enjoy the serenity and lifestyle of living in our mountain communities. Tune in each week for a conversation that explores the ins and outs of buying the perfect mountain home or selling your dream home and catch a glimpse into the Colorado lifestyle that's a part of you. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.